I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, welcome back to the Soul Sisters podcast. I am Jesse Katz. I'm here with my host, Dara Gala. Hi. Hi. My host. <laughs> You're my host. Oh, oh. how cute. <laughs> um, so guys, we have a really nice episode for you this week with Sean Colvin, who we were so lucky to have on the show. Um, Dara couldn't join us for this one, so it's just me and Sean. Um, but we had a really awesome chat, and we are excited to share it with you. Sadly, we are recording this intro this week just a couple days after the shooting in Las Vegas that occurred at a country music festival where almost 60 people were killed and hundreds of people were wounded and the entire world and music community in particular is rocked yet again by another horrible tragedy at um, a concert or a festival. Mm -hmm. And it's just increasingly hard to rebound from this because, you know, anytime you go to an event like that, um, you know, you and I go to a lot of shows, a lot of festivals, Anytime you go to any huge kind of public gathering, you kind of think in the back of your head sometimes, wow, this could be an easy target or, you know, something could really go wrong here. And then you tell yourself, no, it's fine. Like, we're here to have fun. And you try not to stress over those things. And then this happens and it just reminds you that you never know. Um, And it's not a reason to stop going to things. That would be the wrong reaction. Um, I think I have friends who are saying you know I had plans to go here to go there to go to Vegas for different reasons you know should I do it Mm -hmm. and I my initial reaction and obviously there's many ways of looking at it but is you can't stop living and and not doing the things that make life full and meaningful is not the answer right I mean, but I don't want to say time, there's a wrong reaction no, there's not. to take there's back not what I just said. Everyone should do what feels safe and right, and Absolutely. everyone has to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it is important to remember that, that, you know, sometimes people do these things to make it harder for us to gather, to make it harder for us to be joyful. And so if we can just persevere as a culture and keep trying to find ways to overcome this, Right. Um, you know, this is a moment where I would love to discuss gun control and uh, that would lead us down a whole nother path. That's, though, clearly a very important part of this. Um, but just in terms of you and I sitting here today and talking to amazing artists like Sean and all the other people we have on the show, um, I think that we shouldn't diminish what we're doing here. I think it's even more important now right. that we and continue to celebrate these things that we love. Right. And it's amazing 
thinking about our podcast about the number of artists who do use their platform to speak on things such as gun control. And exactly. So, you know, they're musicians, but there's also so much more that can be done when you have that kind of level of reach. Totally. Which just in light of other political events this past year has become a bigger and bigger topic on the show. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this will be just another subject that we find ourselves discussing with our guests. Just more important things for us to do as artists and journalists and human so beings many living in this like world. We keep we're constantly reminded, oh, that is something that can't not be continually talked about. Right, exactly. So so add it to the list right. of all the things we talk about on Soul Sisters. But Sean Colvin yes. was wonderful. I yes. can't wait to listen. So what was She's sort of She's just awesome. I was like, you know, we've had like six or seven artists already on right. the show who were part of Lilith, Lilith Fair, Fair. And you're like one of the biggest <laughs> ones. And so we're like slowly putting together the festival, um, right, uh, like a reunion for ourselves back in the studio. <laughs> uh, and she was like, yeah, it'd be great to have a Lilith Fair reunion. So I don't know. I'm just, I just keep putting it out into the universe. Or we're going to facilitate it in some, some yes. small way. Exactly. I don't know. In my other everyone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, With these candles. women who who were just so out there even 20 years ago, because it was 20 years ago, being like, hey, we should have more than one female fronted act headlining a festival. In fact, let's have an entire festival. That is that. And that is still really relevant today because it is really hard to go to a music <laughs> festival today and find one woman headlining. Let and alone. You will not find two. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so it was awesome to talk to Sean about that. And um, it's also the 20th anniversary of that iconic album of hers that had Sunny Came Home on it. Um, so Lilith Fair and the album and all the things were, um, yeah. Celebrating. Celebrating on Soul Sisters. So, yeah, I think that's it, guys. We're going to let you just hear it now. Sean Colvin. Um, I wanted to ask you, first of all, I read that you are in therapy. And I'm, <laughs> I'm starting therapy tomorrow. I'm very excited about it. Is I wondered if, on? Do you have any, yeah, okay. any words of encouragement for me? <laughs> any <laughs> advice? Encouragement? Are you afraid? I'm not afraid. I'm actually very excited to start. Okay. But I'm worried that I'm going to judge my therapist. Well, you might. Yeah. You know, and you need a, you need one that, you know, you fit with. And don't yeah. be afraid to interview. I know it's a pain, right, but, right. you know, check it out. And yeah. if it doesn't feel like the right thing, keep Just shopping. Keep, yeah. keep shopping. Yeah. <laughs> How many did you have to shop for? Oh, man, I went through a few. Yeah. Yeah, I found a, yeah, here in New York, I went through at least two or three. Uh-huh. Till, and then a friend of mine said you didn't try, you know, I had a word of mouth yeah, recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to and go. And I was with that person for quite a long time. That's good. Yeah. Where do you live now? Austin, Texas. Oh, you do? Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss it here, honestly. Yeah, do you? Yeah, I do. Do you think about moving back? I do. Like it might happen? Well, if I sell all my worldly belongings, yeah, you know, I know, maybe right? I can get in. <laughs> or to I, settle for a life of destitution like or the settle rest for of us. Even, I don't even think that would do it. Yeah. You know? I know. It's rough. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. rough. When did you leave New York? I left about 93. And oh, okay. when I first moved here in 80, I had a apartment on uh, East 3rd Street between 1st and 2nd for $200 a month rent. Oh I mean, it was a... Mm hole. Yeah. But you can uh, say it. Shithole. <laughs> but uh and then I moved across to the village uh -huh. on West Eleventh and uh Fourth Street 
for 15 a month, $1,500 a month for a one-bedroom. And this is when people like me kick themselves because they gave up the lease. Yeah. yeah. Well, how could you Hindsight. know? You got to live your life. You got to live your life. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, New York has changed a lot, too. Maybe you wouldn't be as happy here anymore. Who's to say? I get to come here quite a bit. That's you good. Know, and, and I'm pretty happy. Yeah. There you go. Let's <laughs> you, say you have the best of both worlds. Yeah. Maybe come enjoy so. it. Leave before it beats you down again. Uh, that's a concept. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, thanks for coming on the show. You're Appreciate welcome. it. Um, so there are a couple anniversaries this year that I want to talk to you about. Okay. First of all, 20th anniversary of Lilith Fair, because you're right. about the seventh guest we've had on this show who was part of Lilith Fair. Really? Yes. So I'd like to think that I'm putting back together Lilith Fair myself. I'm going to like make some super cut from all these episodes of Soul Sisters with all you guys. Because a lot of people wish that it would come back. I know. And uh, it feels it like would, we need it. It would be good. Yeah. It would be good. I, uh, I don't know how that would be. That would be done. I don't know if Sarah would be interested in it or how, how you know. But yeah. yeah, I think we do need it. And people sure did like it. There was nothing wrong with it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting because I know part of the reason of it of her starting it was because it was really hard to see women headlining festivals yeah. and more than one woman headlining a festival is like unheard of. And I was thinking about this festival season, which kind of just wrapped up for us at Meadows this weekend. I mean, you still can barely find one. I mm -hmm. think we were we were trying to remember in the office this morning. I think Bumbershoot maybe had Lord headlining. Maybe there was one other, um, but still really hard to find and still definitely not two. Ever. Now, too, yeah. and, and that reminds you, know, it's really depressing that things haven't changed much because I remember when, you know, in the, the era of Lilith Fair and when my, you know, I had my hits and I came yeah. home, it was, and so did a lot of other women, you know, uh -huh. Paula and, and Sarah and Jewel and I can't remember who all else, uh, Cheryl, mm -hmm. a lot of people, um, they were loath to play two women on the radio back to back. <laughs> It was like, what? who would want to hear that? Well, it's just not done. <laughs> so it's crazy. You know, yeah. 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 I mean, and on the billboard charts, it's a thing. We didn't have women in the top 10 for a while. And now we have a couple women in there. So that's something that we've been celebrating this month. But yeah. Yeah. Well, good crazy. for you for doing the Lilith Fair anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a moment in history for sure. It definitely was. Yeah. A lot of fun, too. Yeah. Yep. Any uh, specific memories, like, when you think of Lilith Fair now? Just, like, well, hanging out with all those awesome women? Hanging out with all those, all those awesome women, definitely. That yeah. was just, that was great. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> two things. I um, I didn't know Sunny Came Home was really becoming a big song, because you're out on the road, you know, promoting right. this stuff. And right. you're like, I wasn't thinking we were going to have a hit or anything. I'm just out promoting the record yeah just doing the hustle just doing the hustle and all of a sudden you know we had an afternoon slot so it wasn't like we were big time in the evening or anything i only had a trio right and we and the sunny came home was like in the middle of the set i forget what we ended it with but not that yeah and then people started waving the, lighters. the lighters and like you know <laughs> and I, there was kind of a roar at the end and I'm like, what's going on? Well, I guess we better switch this to the end of the set. Seems yeah. like a good closer. And then, you know, I think they were afraid for me to get my hopes up. But then the record company kind of chimed in and go, well, it's it's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And it stayed. And it stayed for a while. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I saw that video. I guess it, it was like six years back now or something, though, yeah. when uh, Taylor Swift invited you to come play that song. Right, with her. right. That's crazy. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, she. I think it was eighteen thousand people. Oh my god! And you know, a which lot city of, was that? Austin. It was in I Austin. Lived. Okay. Yeah. She so was that's doing why it was that. An easy ask. She, she was going to, and she still does it. Whatever town she's in, she you know kind of gets a friend. Yeah. You know, and she asked me to do it. So. Did you know her? No. Okay. She just loves that song. She just she's loves that song. Yeah. She's she's a sweet girl, and uh, so. In the middle of the song, there's 18,000 little girls, you know, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and she gives me the biggest, do you know who this is? This woman changed my life. I mean, just, she was dear. Yeah. She really was. It was cool. It's very cool. Yeah. It's funny how that works. I mean, um, you know, I was born in 82, so I was the right age for your music, and I, I've known your name forever. But I will meet people now where they're like, Sean Colvin, and then, like, I'll play the first like 10 seconds of Sunny Came Home they're like they oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you know cool. so that's great. the music lives on that's great that's the I important that. part right yeah yeah so it's also the 20th anniversary of a few small repairs that's also crazy yeah. um <laughs> so you're gonna start a tour for that is that right yeah in just a couple of weeks okay I'm gonna start a seven week tour nice you're yeah. going all over the country all over the country not anywhere else just the country for now United States Just the, US. Is the country we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, and so you're playing with, what did I read? You're playing with a full band mm-hmm. for the first time yeah. since that album came out? Probably. Why is why is that? Why the return to that? Oh, because we're playing the whole record from top to bottom. It's a uh-huh. celebration. I want to represent the record well. Yeah. It'll be fun. Uh-huh. You know, it's a really good record and the production's really cool and it's it's you know i play all these songs by myself they work i make sure yeah. a song can work by myself before i like record it, it. Yeah. yeah and uh but it's going to be so exciting and, and different because i haven't done it in so long and it's great great people great musicians and really nice people yeah you got to live That's on important. a bus with people for seven weeks you want to you better make, make sure, sure they're, they're nice, nice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally very cool um, that's interesting what you said about, said about making sure it works for you as yourself. Do you feel like, I mean, do you see yourself as like a singer, songwriter, like ultimately at your core, you're a woman with a guitar and a great yeah, song? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's how I see it. Yeah. Is that because that's basically how you started? It's how I started. It's what I, those were the people that were my heroes, you know, you yeah. Joni Mitchell and James Taylor and Paul Simon and a million others that I'll forget. Uh-huh. Um but you had the songwriter, the personal solo songwriter with right. the guitar. And right. that was, even though they had production on their records, that was the essence of it right there. Yeah. Um, and that's that was my template when I first started, you know, playing guitar and singing. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of lost my way. I mean, just in the interest of getting jobs. And because I'm a good copycat and like a lot of different styles <laughs> of music, I joined rock bands, country bands bluegrass bands pop bands yeah. i mean i was all over the map and i didn't write and i'm like where do i belong where do i belong uh-huh. and here in new york city after a few years of therapy <laughs> and some other things i went wait a minute i'm a solo artist i'm a uh. woman singer guitar player and the only thing i didn't have was the songs and i got really motivated about that and yeah. got really real about it and started writing songs I liked but it was this epiphany like oh I'm just a solo artist I'm not any of these other things and so everything yeah. that I do has to kind of 
come from that Got base. It. Did you feel like you were being inauthentic when you were playing with other bands? I was having a good time, and I consider yeah. myself a good musician. You know, right. I'm a good accompanist. Mm -hmm. I'm good harmony singer. I'm a, I'm in I'm good with a band. You yeah. know, I'm a good musician, but I didn't have an identity, and so I was just you know I wasn't really working to get ahead. I was just working right. to make some to make my living. Yeah, you probably know. didn't feel satisfying in some kind of no, gut way. It didn't. Yeah. How did music come into your life? Right away. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. My father played the guitar and the banjo. We had a, he had a great record collection. He loved a group called the Kingston Trio. Uh -huh. um, we had Pete Seeger. We had a lot of musicals. Uh, and vinyl like The Sound of Music and a great musical called The Fantastics. Uh -huh. Porgy and Bess. Who else did we have? I, those are the ones I remember yeah. best. Was your and father a musician at all? or He wasn't a professional yeah. musician, not at all. No, he just Was he an unprofessional music. music? Did he play anything? Yeah, he played the guitar and the banjo, he and he had two friends, and they imitated the Kingston Trio. Yeah, okay. Wore the striped sh short sleeve shirts and everything, come to our house and mess around. So... And he tried to get my brother to learn the guitar, and he tried to get my mother to learn the guitar, and I'm like, I'll try. <laughs> so he taught me. I was about 10, and I took to it. Yeah, so, and my mom, great singer. We all sang harmony a lot, and uh -huh. you know, a whole bunch of us can can more than carry tunes. You know, we would yeah. sing in the car when we took trips and awesome. went to church and did a lot of church music. I was in Oh, the, really? Yeah, I was in the junior choir. I loved okay. to sing. And the Beatles came along, and... I'm proud of the fact that my best friend and I, we were, what, eight or something? We did not pretend to be the Beatles. Girlfriends, we pretended to be to the Beatles. To be the Beatles. Hell <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. It was. Um, when did you first join a band? When did you start playing with other people? I started playing with other people when I was mm, 17, 18. Mm -hmm. I, um, like in high school? or I was just out of high school. Yeah. And I got uh, gigs around town. I lived in a university town in southern Illinois. Uh -huh. There were a lot of bars on the strip. Okay. And I started getting gigs playing alone. Uh-huh. And then... You're playing your own songs? Oh, no. Okay. I didn't. I couldn't do that. That hadn't then. started I was yet? Like, oh, no. Had you started writing yet? When I was 14, I wrote a few songs, and okay. then I just went away yeah. from it because they were horrible. <laughs> And I was so good at copying people. Yeah. I could just get a lot of attention for sounding like this one and that one and the other one. So who were you covering in those days? Well, Joni Mitchell yeah. a lot. Um, you know, Fleetwood Mac yeah. at that 
point was, mm-hmm. you know, really blowing up. Um, oh, God, a lot of rock. You know, Bonnie Raitt. Uh-huh. Um, who else were we covering that was rock? We did we did a Bob Marley song. Um, oh, gosh, just kind of anything we'd get our hands on, I yeah. guess. But the way it the way it evolved was it was me by myself doing mostly folk stuff then i got a bass player then i got a tabla player percussive indian drum and from then i went well let's get a real drummer and an electric guitar player (laughs) turned into a band nice yeah yeah i mean why half-ass it you were already testing those waters yeah but then i blew my voice out because i didn't know how to sing with with a band yeah i was blowing my voice out singing these songs in the same keys that the original artist sang him. So I I can't hit notes Bonnie Ray can hit. I right. can't, you know. And Stevie Still, was like, or well, because No, now I kind of can because I learned how to sing better. Right. But at the time, I was like, yeah. and really trying to wail him. I didn't get the essence of easing in. I learned it, but. Yeah. And so I was really straining my voice, and I got calluses on my vocal cords, and had to stop for a while. How long? A year. Oh, wow. Yeah. What did you do in that year? lost my mind yeah yeah like really like really like dark times really dark yeah Man. yeah it was my identity yeah it was a lesson you know in Were humility <laughs> yeah so you weren't in new york yet at that point no yeah no i was in austin texas actually briefly in the okay. mid-70s so yeah so then did you start singing again and that got you your sanity back <laughs> which came it, first it, yeah i started singing again and then i started to kind of even out yeah okay and then how did you get to new york i was in the bay area i Uh lived there briefly and a guy that i'd known from austin named buddy miller Mm -hmm. um formed well he had a country band and in 1980 right around there there was this big trend of urban cowboy and (laughs) line dancing and gillies and bull riding and (laughs) He went, and so there were all these clubs cropping up in New York. Uh-huh. And he was stuck in Pasadena or something. I don't know. Or Jersey. I'm not sure. No, it couldn't have been Jersey because he had to move. Or maybe he was still in Austin. I don't know. Yeah. So he moved his whole band up here. To, no, he moved himself and his girlfriend up here to New York and started taking advantage of that scene. And he's tremendous, you know, tremendous guitar player, country singer. Yeah, um, I know Buddy Miller. You do? Yeah. All right. My dad's a huge fan, so he uh, made sure. That well, I I, I've, he called me up because we knew each other in Austin, and his girlfriend had left the band. She was the girl singer, uh-huh. which is <laughs> what they're called in That's country bands. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. So he said, "Would you please come take Julie's place? I need a girl singer." <laughs> and I love Buddy, and I didn't like the Bay Area mm. particularly, mm-hmm. and I thought, "What have I got to lose?" So in 1980, I moved to New York and joined Buddy's band. Wow. Yep. So how long did you play with him for? Only about nine months because then he left to join his girlfriend. <laughs> okay. So it was kind of kind of worked out for me because I just took over the band. We yeah. already had you know gigs and and, and a bit of a, a, a reputation to recommend us. And mm-hmm. only problem was I'd lost a guitar player. Right. But he left. So as fate would have it, I started trying out a lot of them. And our bass player Lincoln said, "Well, why don't you try this guy John Leventhal? He's a good guitar player." So during one of our rehearsals, we asked if he'd come in and do a gig and could he rehearse with us. And he did. And musically, we were like, you know, big mutual admiration society going on right off the get right at the get go. Yeah. 
and that changed my history meeting that guy yeah yeah he um he was a songwriter and uh-huh. he gave me music to write lyrics to which I just wasn't brave enough mm. to do it mm-hmm. and um we had a relationship for a while and mm. we started writing and he's an incredible musician so through the years we started to write songs we got better and better and better mm-hmm. he's a great producer he produced a demo and when the time was right i re- i met a manager and he took it to columbia records and i got a record deal based on that demo and john produced the record and we've been writing partners and sometimes uh, recording partners ever since wow yeah yeah so that was a game changer <laughs> big, big game changer yeah definitely Wow. Um, what year was that? That was 1981. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then how many albums was it before a, sm- a few small repairs? Was that uh, like your fourth album? Yeah, it was okay. my fourth record. Okay, okay. Yeah. What do you remember about the New York scene then? In the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only what, only kind of the world that I was in. Uh-huh, which was what? <clears throat> What was your New York like? My New York was uh, AA meetings. Yeah. Um, I lived on Lower East Side. Uh-huh. So St. Mark's Place had, had the, the biggest AA meeting. I would go there all the time after, at like, 1983 was when that happened, and okay. uh, which was a game changer as well. Is when you got sober? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I played at City Limits a lot, uh-huh. um, which was on 7th Avenue. And uh, not there anymore. And then uh, Lone Star Cafe, that was my world. Uh-huh. Um, I played at a place called the Cottonwood Cafe on Bank Street. Okay. I don't know if it's there anymore. Um, that was a really fun gig. Uh, I played at uh, the other end, which was the bitter end, only the little room next door. Okay. I would play there um, sets starting, let's see, 10 to 11. Yeah, 10 to 11 at uh-huh. night, hour break, 12 to 1, hour break, 2 to 3. That was my gig. Wow. Yeah. And then I would <laughs> haul my amp back to East 3rd Street to a fifth floor walk-up. Oh, my God. Yeah, I paid some dues. Yeah. You know, but that was, but I knew so many musicians. We were all in bands. We were all struggling. We'd sit in with each other. There just wasn't a night when I, there wasn't a social get together either having to do with my gig or someone else's yeah yeah and there were multiple scenes for me because i was part of this country thing that was going on right i wormed my way into the kind of the folk thing uh-huh <laughs> wormed me, and, your way you know well it was like i could do it and i got a job and yeah so the speakeasy was this place for songwriters and stuff and they kind of uh-huh. let me um, nudge myself in there even though I wasn't really writing at that time uh-huh. and then uh, John and I put together a pop band so we were playing places like a place called Tracks and I don't know these pop places <laughs> and we weren't very good but it was just it was great it was yeah. a very full enriching socially rich time yeah yeah do you consider yourself to be stronger in a particular genre of music? 
Like, what do yeah. you see yourself as? Folk musician. Guitar, yeah. Good guitar. You know, guitar playing and singing go together with me. I yeah. mean, I'm an okay guitar player. I'm maybe a better singer, but together is the thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. So how does it feel to be um, steeping yourself back in this one album? Oh, 20 years later. It's great. Yeah. It, it, it's great. I mean, I, I don't remember all the songs. Uh-huh. I remember a well, lot of them. that's exciting, the, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember a lot of them really well, but I've had to kind of go back and listen to the record and brush up on stuff that, I, yeah. that I've forgotten. And, like songs that you haven't kept in your repertoire yeah, necessarily. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And... Like, there's a song called Suicide Alley, and I thought, well, you better learn, you know, because you're going to be playing, because we're playing the whole record from right. top to bottom. Are you playing only the record? No, we'll play some other songs. Some other stuff, okay. Probably first, and then launch into the record. And then some little record. bonus surprises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so I've had to listen to the songs, and as, that one was one that I listened to. And I, my basic reaction to listening to this record is, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> you Man, know? that's good. It's pretty good, yeah. So it's been great steeping myself. Yeah. <laughs> back into the record it was a really enjoyable record to make Uh so it's not like I go back and listen to it and feel like oh god that was so hard how do we pull that off or we made a mistake there it was fun yeah yeah do you have um do you have a theory for why Sunny Came Home hit so hard (laughs) I think it was a little bit of a perfect storm yeah of a really good song uh-huh. that had a sense of mystery to it. What did she do? Who was she? <laughs> right. What was she making? It's um, true. It's not overly explicit. It's not overly explicit. Yeah. And um, just a really good song. And that trend that was happening uh, with women singer-songwriters making a splash. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lilith Fair didn't hurt anything at all. And, you know... Even besides women, there was sort of a um, a gravitation at that time towards the singer songwriter acoustic oh yeah um, uh, genre going on. So I just yeah, know, a lot of I'm, men in my life are deeply impacted by you guys as well. That's cool. Yeah, well, good. Yeah, it's definitely. I'm deeply impacted those. by a lot of a lot of men musicians, and yeah. also great record company. I had a strong, powerful Columbia Records who believed in the song. Mm-hmm. And had stuck with me up there, you know, through those other past three records that I'd made and didn't have a hit. Yeah. And really pushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's awesome because I've had several of the Lilith Fair people on the show, not because we're doing any kind of like a nostalgic booking, but because mm-hmm. you guys have new projects, you're still working, people yeah. are still excited to see you and hear from you. And, you know, so like, that's awesome to see. <laughs> You know. It's one of the blessings of my life to still be working. Yeah, you know, it doesn't always it doesn't always work out that way to have longevity and sell yeah. tickets and make records and for sure it's pretty great. Yeah, are you working on new music? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> are we gonna hear it anytime soon? I don't know about soon, but yeah. you'll hear it. It's, it's coming down the pipe. It's coming down point. the pipe. Well, the, the few small repairs we released kind of kept me busy this year. Uh, I'm sure had it. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of promo and. And going through live tracks for bonus yep. bonus material and stuff like How that. How do you choose that? 
I've never asked an artist how the hell you choose that. Yeah. You listen to a lot of it and you just go with what you think is the best. Do you have memories that you go off of though? Like, oh, maybe we should check from that Mm -mm. show. No. No, it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Thankfully, the record company had the archives of all these radio stations that I'd visited and and, uh, taped concerts that I'd done during that time. Yeah. So they had all the material. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it was good because I didn't have any of it. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, All right, awesome. Well, guys, the new album is out. Came out on Friday, so you can find it. Go listen to the new, the new old album, album. (laughs) new old album. Yeah, and there's like I said, there's the bonus tracks. Exactly, seven live tracks that we picked out. Yeah, very cool. cool, Yeah, Um, and you'll be on the road, so people can come find you. And uh, you're gonna do a live performance for us here at Billboard, so everyone can watch it there on the old Facebook. Sean, thanks so much for joining Soul Sisters. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.